Militarily Speaking, Episode 35, Stronghold Community Food Pantry. This episode, we talk with Monica Bassett, founder and CEO of Stronghold Community Food Pantry. Welcome to Militarily Speaking, brought to you by Armed Forces Bank. This is Tom McLean and Jody Vickery. Jody, it's great to have you here with us today. I'm the regional military executive <laughs> for Armed Forces Bank. Jody is the executive vice president, director of military consumer lending, and a lot of different functions within the company. Well, and again, welcome to our show. We are thrilled to have you here today, Monica. We are so glad that our audience is going to have a chance to listen and learn about you and Stronghold Community Food Pantry. If you want to bear with me just a second, I am going to introduce you a little bit to our, our listeners. Monica is a fellow military spouse and advocate. Jody's the- a military spouse, by the way. That's so what fellow means. <laughs> <laughs> See, once again, you have a bad attitude oh, when we do you, this Tom. together. I love right. you. All right, go ahead. So anyway, Monica is a military spouse and an advocate <laughs> for the underprivileged in the military community. Through her personal experience with food insecurity as a child and by connecting with military families facing these same struggles, she has made it her mission to ease the burden of food insecurity and shine a light on undernourishment of families. She built Stronghold to respectfully supply resources to families, provide actionable solutions, and educate others on the crisis of food insecurity in the military. Monica was named the Armed Forces Insurance Army Spouse of the Year for 2022, which is awesome and well-deserved because of her commitment to alleviating food insecurity for military families. And I just say welcome, Monica. It's it's a total honor to have you here with us today. And so thank you for being here with us. Thank you. It's it's an honor to be here and to be able to share our story and to be able to build relationships and community with you both and Armed Forces Bank as a whole. Thank you, Monica. Absolutely. And you know, we were we were there with you when you launched Stronghold Community Food Pantry at Fort Leavenworth. And for the benefit of our audience, could you just explain to them how that got started? What caused that spark in your mind to say, this is something I need to do and the overall mission of your organization? Yes. So Stronghold, I think, started at Fort Riley when I was feeding military families from my garage. I didn't realize Stronghold would be where I ended up, but it was truly a mission that needed to start. Our families were you know, struggling putting food, healthy, nutritious food on the table. And there was just way too many stories to not do something about it. And after I started feeding families from my garage, within three or four months, the Secretary of Defense came out and noted that 24% of military families across all service branches are facing food insecurity. So I started going in overdrive. I left a program there that I had started, which was carrying baskets with the spouses club there, because anything that I start to help military families, I really don't want it to go away. I don't want it to end just because I move. So when I moved to Leavenworth, I didn't realize that that was going to carry over and that I was going to be asked, so when are you building a new one? (laughs) When are you going to start one here? I did not expect that. I thought it was just something I started at Fort Riley, was going to stay there, was in great hands. And I really didn't anticipate the amount of people who were saying, you need to scale this. This is happening nationwide across all installations. 
this needs to be replicated. So that is when Stronghold was born. I moved to Fort Leavenworth last August. And by November, we had a ribbon cutting and a launch date. So it kind of, with the help of Armed Forces Bank, who also helped me get through, yes, helped me get through a lot of red tapes and hoops and connected me with also people that I should probably know in the community itself. It's just grown. And Stronghold is now on a mission to serve all American military families facing food insecurity with care and with dignity, always protecting their anonymity and providing them food necessities and resources. Yeah, that's outstanding. And you know, one thing I'm struck by that I have heard from so many of our guests is that you didn't realize this is where you'd end up. You saw an issue in the community that you're a, a part of, and you just set about the work to do something about it. And I'm, I'm glad that you did. Thank you. I think you re- she referenced one time in her past, I give it was a silent crisis, right? Based mm-hmm. on that number you said about that, that's just appalling to me. We've had guests, whether it was Military Family Advisory Network or you know, we think about going back to armed services, YMCA, things that, you know, any one of our guests, we always talk about food insecurity. And I'm just so glad that you're a part Doing of the solution. It, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. You talked about Riley. You talked about Leavenworth. Talk a bit, little bit about your military life, if you will, because I know you got two young kids under the age of 10, right? Mm-hmm. I, Correct. I have a reliable source on that. And <laughs> And, and so I, since I'm an empty nester, I'm, I don't feel for you. So the, yeah, you've got, it, it's great being a parent, but man, three, isn't there something about the terrible threes or is that the terrible twos? What is it? That's the age, not how many kids you have. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's terrible twos and then three-nager. They start becoming uh, three-nager. That's a new one. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Yes. Awesome. They start becoming thinking they're really independent and can really do things on their own. And you're like, please don't wave that knife around. <laughs> yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, talk a little bit about where, where it started for you, but the genesis of the military life. So I met my husband when he was stationed at Fort Carson, Colorado. So I worked there. I had a home there. I was thriving there. I won't say that I'm not now, but it is. it does take you for a big loop when you end up joining the military community, become as people have called me a late career spouse, <laughs> my husband had already been in nearly 10 years. I had a full-blown career, and then I was tossed into this new life. And it took me, we've been overseas. We've been to JBLM, West Coast, East Coast, the Central, and Kansas has kind of held on to us. We moved here Um, Four years ago to Leavenworth, spent 10 quick months here, moved to Fort Riley, Kansas for three years, and now we're back for at least minimum another three years. So for some reason, Kansas won't let us go. (laughs) And I'm a mom of two very spirited young ladies, um, (laughs) three and eight. And they keep me on their toes, but they have learned to serve their community as well. So they are at the pantry quite often. I do believe in showing our young leaders how to give back to their community. So Stronghold is a big advocate for families doing volunteer time together or for young students to come in junior high, high school and get their volunteer in. That's outstanding. I just made a note of that. The kiddos, when they're in National Honor Society at our our school, they're required to do volunteer time. So yeah, 
Correct. Yeah. And I love the late career spouse. I was the same. My husband had been in about nine or 10 years when we met. And so, yeah, I was very, he tried to call me a dependent. And I'm like, no, I'm an independent. (laughs) Any of this works. What do you mean we're not in charge of our life? What do you mean we don't get to say where we move or when you can take time off? And yeah, so it was a, it was a culture shock. It really was. I think I had like this chip on my shoulder for set for a few years. And he was like, you got to let it go. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. You're right. I, I really do. If I need, if I want to thrive in this community, I need to just stop being so angry at the fact that I lost a career. I lost my community. I lost what I thought life was going to be like, right. because now I have no say. Yep. Yep. Well, I think Kansas is the lucky one here. They get to have you back home. There's yeah. no place like home, as they say. And and it seems like you can't escape Armed Forces Bank, right? From JBLM to Carson to Riley to Leavenworth. I mean, you've got to now you've got to go to Huachuca, right? You've got to go different places where we have a location. You got to go to Fort Leonard Wood. We could give her our branch list, and they could put it as their top three locations. There we go. Right. You get to give your top three. You so, don't ever get your top three. Should we tell her we're opening three. a location in Hawaii or not? <laughs> I don't should, know. No, we're not. Well, that would be false. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to just keep going here. So I want to talk about your military spouse of the year award. That is a big deal. You were awarded that by armed forces insurance. So tell me, a, tell me what that means to you. How did it feel when you heard from them that you had been selected for that honor and, and how has that impacted what you're trying to do there in the community? So wait, before, wait, before you answer that. Yes, sir. When you when you did that little selfie video, when you were when you got the call from Lori that says I, you are a stalker, I am a stalker. But you, <laughs> it, it was so it was so cold that day. I felt bad for you. But I'll tell you, when you got the award, though, it probably felt like ninety degrees and sunny, right? Yeah, and and you're right. It was we had what maybe four or five inches of snow. Yeah, and <laughs> I had a crazy mom moment and needed fresh air. <laughs> Because we had been locked in the house for several days with that weather. And so finally, it stopped snowing. There was actual sun outside. So I decided to bundle my toddler and myself, and we went on a hike at the river trail. It was gorgeous, but it was cold. And that is when Lori Simmons called and it's funny because I squealed when she said it. Like, I just could not believe it. She's calling 911. Yeah. Exactly. People around me on the trail were like, what, what just happened? Do we need to call for help? <laughs> yes. Um, and then she was like, okay, you can't tell anyone until we notify everyone. I was like, well, great. I just yeah. like squealed in the middle of this park. But it was really exciting. It was humbling as well. When I received the nomination email, I and I've been very honest with Lori and AFI, I didn't even know this program existed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that people like myself could be nominated. When I say that, it's because to me, I was simply a military spouse that was volunteering. As Jody said earlier, it's We do it because we see that there is a need, not because we think we're going to be somewhere in five months or a year or that someone's going to notice it. It just happens. And if you have that gut punch that you need to do something for your community, then you just do it. And I remember the summer that I started, I looked at my husband and I said, I don't care where we find the money, but we're going to start feeding families. And then neighbors started wheeling in food and wagons were being wheeled to my garage. 
And when I accepted the nomination, I thought about it, like, do I really want to do this? Because that's not why I started doing what I do. Mm -hmm. And after speaking to some mentors, they're like, you have to, because you need to be able to show every other military spouse who doesn't have a foundation, who doesn't have an organization or a high-ranking title or is a spouse of a high-ranking military officer or enlisted person, you have to be able to say that you too can are worthy of being recognized and honored. And that is, I accepted it for all my fellow volunteers. And when I got the call from Lori and I realized that I had made it as far as I did, it was very humbling and it felt like a win for all of us. I, I remember going back once it happened and sharing it with all the volunteers who had followed me throughout the year. And we had created great, amazing things together for the community. And it just really felt like a win for everyone. That's outstanding. Yeah. I kind of wanted to have you reenact the squeal, but I might take my headphones off. <laughs> I know. And what if it echoed too? Know, yeah. yeah. It could be a problem. <laughs> I know you've got a, in such a short period of time, Monica, you've got such a, you've got a team in place. I've looked at, for those of you that go to your website, you can see the team that you have assembled already. You've also got a, you may still have an open position there and it's called what? Inventory coordinator. Is that right? Correct. Yes. I think I got that filled too. <laughs> well, well I, I got to believe that once people learn about you, they all want to work there or volunteer there, right? I, I'm hoping so. So I was crazy. Again, I think that's the common thread right now. <laughs> and <laughs> I launched Stronghold at probably one of the busiest times of the year, but it also was one of the most needed times of the year for our patrons. And I think that that's why I embarked on that journey and then almost kicked myself later for doing <laughs> it. Like who launches a new foundation right before Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> I do. That's what I do. <laughs> and so it was a hard time at the beginning. I got tremendous buy-in from you know, organizations like Armed Forces Bank, Armed Forces Insurance, you know, veterans community, things of that nature, Operation Rapid Response. But the volunteers, especially at Fort Leavenworth, were such a transitional community that a lot of the times they embark on an, a volunteer journey very early on, as soon as they move here, come August. And so launching Stronghold right before Thanksgiving, there was volunteers that were already assigned to designated roles within the community at different areas and different spaces. But they always spared time to come do some time with Stronghold, whether it was an event drive through or Cookies with Santa, which an amazing <laughs> Armed Forces Bank employee played Elf. I know. I was, I was asked. I passed. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So I'm glad somebody <laughs> did volunteer to do that. Yes. And so we've had a tremendous amount of volunteers. And now I see a big uptick as families are starting to transition out of Leavenworth, but into Leavenworth as well. Families saying, hey, I'm moving there. I'd really love to get to learn more about Stronghold and volunteer some time. So it's been a phenomenal journey to be able to see that. And I really do just admire anyone who has a passion to do the work that I do and wants to come on board. And my board members are phenomenal human beings and military spouses that I've known that have done a tremendous, magnificent things in their own realm outside of Stronghold. And I'm very honored that they raise their hand and they're like, yes, 
yes, I'll be there for you. I'll be your CFO. I'll be your COO. What do you need? Um, it's, it's really cool and very humbling when you've got people who, like I said, in their own right are exceptional at things that they do to advocate for the military community. And when they're saying, tell me what you want from me, that's a huge honor. And it, it's very humbling. So I have high hopes for Stronghold, and I'm really excited about where we're going. You, why don't you tell the audience your website? It's www.strongholdfoodpantry.org. Okay. Sure, we say that a few. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think we say it enough. But yeah, certainly there, the the plethora of information that's out there is amazing. I mean, all the events you do, all the the ways to connect, the ways to donate, the ways to volunteer, it's all out there for you. And it's such a fresh. I guess it's eye appealing when you look at your website. It's easy to navigate. So good job on that. Thank you. It was not me. It is not me. It's another military spouse who volunteers her time. Yeah. You got to surround yourself with military it. spouses. I would, I would give him a list. I'm like, you get a list. And Jody's you get a list. the exception. Yes. yes, you get a list. You Go get ahead. a list. <laughs> I know it's still somewhat early in the process, but it feels like not really at all. I'm sure some days. Can you talk a little bit about the results of Stronghold in the past year or so? I want to hear about the hunger buster packs for sure. And what are you doing and how can people help move Stronghold further into a national spotlight? Yes. So Stronghold is actually only six months old. And I have numbers going back to five months because I have not calculated my data for May as of yet. But in five short months, Stronghold has distributed over $30,000 worth of groceries and basic necessities. We have relieved the food burden of over 3,500 military family members. And we have launched an educational piece, which we hope to have some Armed Forces Bank employees on there in the future, that is able to give real-life field expert advice. We have come to understand that some of the programs that are given to military families are either slightly outdated, but the big thing is that they don't have field experts in those lines. We don't have an actual expert loan officer. We don't have an actual expert financial advisor within the military community. We have people who work programs and have manuals, but for us to be able to give them up-to-date, correct information, I thought that it was prudent that Stronghold launch an educational piece to tie into what we do serving our community. Nice job. You always, I always see on your site, it says we are quote unquote, more than just a food pantry, right? And certainly that's the foundation, but I know you've got aspirations to do even more. So you're on your way. I think if people trust you to serve that most basic need, then it probably opens up an ability to have a very, a dialogue, I guess, grounded in trust about other important things that are going on in their life. Yes. And that is building those, it's building the relationships with your patrons and letting them know that they are more than just a statistic. They are more than just a number. They are more than just data that drives change, but they are humans. They are that 1% of our nation that serves our country, but is being left behind or is falling in a gap. And we are really trying to launch Stronghold nationally. We, I started a ambassador program And our first ambassador is Ashley Guttermuth. She is an Air Force comedian, military spouse, 
And as she travels on the road to do comedy shows, currently she's in Alaska today doing a military spouse fest out there. She feeds families on behalf of Stronghold through funding that we have received for this mission. Because as I mentioned, 24% is across the board. It's not just Kansas. It's not just Fort Leavenworth or Fort Riley. It's every military branch and it's across every installation. So a nice way for us to grow and to grow slowly because we want this to be a sustainable model, right? Is to be able to launch a low overhead ambassador program where we can vet installations and their climate and we can vet ambassadors who are going to take on the stronghold name and feed military families. And that's a little bit of what you saw of me traveling two hours to Fort Riley and delivering food. It was part of our ambassador launch program there as well. So we were able to partner with even another organization, the Society of the First Infantry Division, that gave us funding to buy fresh food And so we partnered together, we delivered together, and we impacted several military families in that Fort Riley community. Have you have you been in D.C. lately? Is that right? Yes. Because aren't you trying? I mean, we've talked about national spotlight, and but you've got to be either seeking additional resource strength or guidance, or maybe sort of following some of the direction at the at the high level in D.C. Is that right? Yes, and I appreciate you noting that, Tom. So another thing that we have done or taken me out of my comfort zone. Now you're in it. To, <laughs> to, to <laughs> be able to launch Stronghold nationally and bring more eyes and attention to what it is that we do for our military families. I was able to enter a very prestigious pitch competition through Second Service Foundation. It is a military entrepreneurial pitch competition that was held in D.C., Um, several applicants went through, then we went through a semifinale round, a finalist round to pitch to a panel of three judges in private, which was very nerve wracking. (laughs) They're there with their paper judging every from presentation (laughs) to data, everything, probably like, oh gosh, my ums, my ands, everything. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you made the top three finalists, In less than two minutes of being announced that you're the top three, you were called to stage to pitch to the entire ballroom. Uh, You were ready for that, weren't you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Where, you know, I like to say that I'm so much better at having candid one-on-one conversations because that's just what I'm good at. But standing on a stage or speaking to judges who you know are judging <laughs> from the moment you start. Yeah. And there's a stopwatch, a big giant ticking red stopwatch that says, you've got two minutes to give everything you've got in that two minutes. And you get penalized if you go over. I can't believe I dropped. I really thought I would drop the mic. I can't believe I did Not it. in a good way. my hands were so sweaty. <laughs> Not like a mic drop, but like yeah. drop the mic. Yeah, correct. Yeah. The real embarrassing literal mic Not drop. Not the super cool <laughs> mic drop. Yeah. Yeah. I was, and then after that last audience, in front of you, everyone goes in and votes. So it was a live audience vote but you still had to wait 24 hours for the announcement. And I was very excited and did not know how to react when they said that Stronghold, that myself had won that competition. 
So that was amazing. And they, with that package, you get $25,000 of legal, free legal advice from Holland and Knight. You get a PR package and then you get some capital money and funding. So, but that was in itself a great way to put Stronghold out there to a very large community. And so that was really amazing and a really great experience that I have to kind of tap into a little more, I think. (laughs) I'm not surprised that you were selected, but it is funny. No, but she keeps winning. in front of judges and they were judging me. (laughs) There was like no secret about it. (laughs) Shameless judging. Yes. By the way, can we stay on the Monica Bassett thing for a second? So the Uncommon Grit Foundation, is that another something or other that was part of your winnings? Or- Not part of the winnings. Uncommon Grit Foundation reached out several months ago. It just took us a while to come up with a, a great plan for how they wanted to support Stronghold in the long run. So they gave us a, a really nice grant that was able to launch the ambassador program. So they awarded us $5,000 that would strictly go to feeding military families across the nation, across service branches. And that is how the ambassador program gets funded. Got it. So I'm a big fan of a story or two. So I I don't know if you have any, and I I know anonymity is a big part of what you do too for families, but without, without divulging things that of course you wouldn't or shouldn't want to divulge. Can you, Uh can you share the, the personal side of this with our listeners? Give them a flavor for that. So there are a couple of stories that I personally, for me, hold a lot of weight and a lot of love. And that's because I see myself or things that I have gone through in my life in them. And one is a family, an E2, and he joined the service to escape a very rough childhood. He knew that to become a greater global citizen of our world, he needed to leave where he grew up. And he joined the service has an amazing, wonderful wife. But what he also did was he gained guardianship of his teenage siblings because he didn't want them to become statistics either. And when you think of an E2 who's 19, 20 years old, who has now become a legal guardian of another teenager, that's a that's hard. Yeah. And it's even harder when your pay only takes care of you, you know, and teenagers eat a lot. I have two. Yes, they do. (laughs) You know, um, school supplies is so expensive when you think of all these expenses throughout the year and you think that this young soldier wanted to do better for him and his family. I mean, that... That in itself is just inspiring. Oh, yeah. And if you cannot connect with that, then I don't want you working at Stronghold. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Move on. <laughs> yes. So there, and I think those are the stories also that get untold yeah. because you always, the louder things that you hear and that you hear across the board is that maybe someone mismanaged their funds or maybe you need to go to financial counseling. That's not always the case. If pay has not kept up, if 
9% inflation happens at one of the highest peak moving seasons for military families when it's noted by Blue Star Families, by Military Family Advisory Network, that it is a causal factor that leads military families into food insecurity and that at minimum, there is an additional out-of-pocket cost that is not reimbursed of $1,000 per family. That's minimum. Mm -hmm. Then you think, where are these families going to be able to find those funds to put food on the table? Or what decisions are they going to have to embark in, whether it's rent or hotel pay or, or putting food on the table? Another story was from a lovely couple who... She had a degree. She was a teacher, but moved PCS and spousal unemployment is a real thing, especially in a nation where it is now been noted that you need two incomes to survive. Yeah. So spousal unemployment in the military community is five times the number of our national rate. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it I mean, it was upwards of like 40 some odd percent at one point too, but it may not be that high now, but that, that's been a crisis too. Absolutely. And, you know, Congress and the new executive order that was just signed this past week are all steps to help that endeavor. But we're still trying to pass a legislation that helps military spouses become a supported group in organizations hiring military spouses. So organizations, companies can get a tax write-off if they employ a military spouse. It has not passed yet, but we're hoping that it will. So there are just a lot of factors in this one particular family after their move and after she had to take time off from working and couldn't find childcare to get a new position, times got tough because they had student loans to pay back. They had housing, they had meals, they had just moved and it takes a good amount of time to get reimbursed for expenses. Yes. yes. I was yes, like, they, Jody, you, you've lived this life. Yes. PCS moves are not she brought free. back memory. Yes. Yeah. No. You do not get reimbursed for all of it. Absolutely not. And then if anything breaks yeah. or if you have to start in the starting from scratch as well, like I said, we just PCS this past August. So we're not a full, a full complete year here yet. But it took us seven weeks because housing was messed up. So we thought we were, this is a two hour move and it became the worst move we've ever had. And we were moving the two hours. We were supposed to have a house ready. Well, lo and behold, it had flooded many times. And so they needed to fix it. So they said, well, if you deny this house and don't move in, you've now got an additional four plus weeks to wait. And so we did because we don't want to live in a house full of mold, right? Yeah. right? And so our decision was to wait. My husband rented a hotel room here at Fort Leavenworth for seven weeks because work started. And I took the girls on a journey throughout the United States. But so much of that was out-of-pocket costs. Mm -hmm. So much of that. And when I stop and I think that what if I what, what if our family was a junior enlisted family? What then? Mm -hmm. Where were we going to get the funds to be able to support that move? And then it took months to be reimbursed. And then when we got our household goods, we had mold on all our mattresses. Yeah. And it just became a lot of the times military families get hit one time after another. Mm -hmm. And they're things that I love to educate our civilian community on because they don't see those backstories. They don't see those hidden costs of being an active duty military family. And all of those compounded together really lead to some 
gut-wrenching stories on why families need to ask for help or a hand up. All of that is so true. I know. Sorry, I talked a lot. No, no. no. It's we, all we, good, though. I that's mean, right. We can edit all that whole my response. Kids say you're out. dropping no. facts. I mean, <laughs> I don't sound as cool as they sound, but no. yeah, you're dropping facts, not the mic. So, the, <laughs> where do you want to go from here? Uh, you know, but we, we keep throwing out that 24%, right? That stat. And do you have a little bit of history, a little bit of color around uh, maybe we haven't tracked it as much, or maybe those stats are just coming to the forefront and we're socializing it more than we ever have in the past? But is it. Has it gone up substantially over a period of time, or is it getting enough attention where that can start retrenching and going backwards? So I think it's a combination of a couple of things you mentioned. I think that we are talking about it a lot more. I think the Secretary of Defense coming out and noting it really allowed the floodgates to open and for people to feel confident to be able to really reiterate these facts. And as you mentioned, MFAN, you know, they've been research MFAN, Blue Star Families, Mazone. Yeah, they research has it. Been, yeah. Correct. They've been researching it for years. A- and the data has been there and they have been able to plug it into meetings with the White House, meetings with DOD and the Pentagon and things of that nature. But I think it was a silent crisis because in the military itself, you're taught not to share these things. You know, I truly believe don't ask, don't tell is about just about every yeah. fact in the military. Well, if it's going to make the unit look bad. Well played. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to make the unit look bad. Don't talk about it. Exactly. So you don't ask and you do not tell if you have financial difficulties, if you have mental difficulties, if you have anything going on. And so I think when these stats was presented from the highest military official, it allowed a lot of advocates and it allowed a common military spouse like myself to be able to share it vocally and say, well, if he can say it, let me tell you exactly what's going on at grassroots level. And so I think that that was a great big door that was opened that allowed a lot of great advocates to come forward and then dig deeper. So now that you've shared that number, let me tell you all these other things and all these other statistics that lead to food insecurity or ripple effects that come out of it. So I really think that food insecurity has existed in the military for years, for decades. It is just now compounded with several other factors, plus someone coming out and saying, it's okay to share this information. And you've got data from very reliable resources that all put together gives you the perfect meal to supply your community and say, here is all the information. Data drives change. Let me educate you on what it is that's really happening. See how she made those meal connections, like so- serving up on a silver platter she type did. thing. She yeah, that's probably not she's her good. first rodeo. I know <laughs> it's her thirty eighth rodeo, but yeah, she's she's good. Yes. and again, www.strongholdfoodpantry.org, yes, right? That one. That you'll see. You got a lot of great events. You know, when you look at the events calendar for you, like even at Friday for Father's Day, our audience won't hear this because it's so published later than that. But you're doing a drive through on Friday Correct. at Leavenworth, and then. You're also, you're actually a mobile delivery too, right? Because you go to places to deliver food, and it's it's not just a destination. You're actually looking for ways that you can help the community, and I applaud you for that, Monica. 
Thank you. I really, I honestly, I couldn't do it alone. There's no way. It really takes a village. It takes a community and it takes amazing partners like Armed Forces Bank to get us to what we're doing. It, it truly does. From the smallest conversation with your VP, Tina Farr, of saying, I believe in you and I support you. Let's see how we can work together. That sparked other ideas and sparked a relationship. It, it can start very small. I agree. And those relationships, those partnerships really help us to be able to provide these events for families, provide us with the grit to sustain this rhythm and this pace because we're all volunteers. And many of us are stay-at-home moms like myself, and we all do this on what very little spare time we have. And, you know, the pantry has a kid's corner because my kids come in. I have a three-year-old who doesn't have school until she's four, five, five. Um, (laughs) And so she comes in and other moms bring in their littles. And it is a way to build community within our volunteer organization and with the outside community. So I truly believe there's no way I could do this on my own. And it takes everyone to be able to pull off and sustain this model. Agreed. Thank you for mentioning Tina Farr by name because she is a She's an icon in the Leavenworth community. And again, good things follow good people. And you coming to us resulted in us really giving you someone that really has the same kind of passion you do and what you do. Yes, it it truly was. She's, I think at one point she said, I think it was written in the stars. <laughs> um, I was at a table promoting Stronghold. And this was before Stronghold launched. Obviously, I think it was in September. And Heather was at an armed forces bank table across from me. And at some point she came and she asked me a few questions. I gave her a business card and within 12 hours, Tina Farr (laughs) called me and I just started crying (laughs) because it, it was huge. You guys, armed forces bank, she was one of the first true and real supporters that continues to do good for Stronghold and for the military community as a whole. Couldn't agree more. Well said. And make sure you get homemade brownies or cookies from her. And if you haven't I yet, have. you have. Okay. Can you tell? Well, she's there's a, the, there's a shock. The smile on her yeah. Face? <laughs> <laughs> that smile says she's experienced such cookies. Yes. Yes. Well, I just want to say, you know, as we wind down our conversation, I always want to give our guests a chance to share anything that we haven't thought to ask you about. I assume that if people are so moved by hearing your story, they want to get involved. I suspect there are ways to figure out how to do that on your website, strongholdfoodpantry.org. Thanks for that. Yes. Yes. Anything else you'd like to say as we close out? Really, I'd like to say, you know, Stronghold is a community. We are more than a food pantry. We are the facilitators of filling the gap for military families because they do not qualify for SNAP benefits or WIC benefits because they do not qualify to venture out into many of our county, state, other food pantries that check their pay, that check their income. And so we are one of the only entities that truly falls in that gap. We don't require for our patrons to show us their pay stubs to qualify within the threshold. We truly believe 
that if a military family can get past the anxiety, the stress, the stigma, the fear of repercussions, and say that they need assistance, then we're going to be there to assist them. I think that that's very important for our communities to know that and to know that military families a lot of the times are disqualified from many resources because of the way that their income is looked at. And that if, yes, if anyone wants to get a hold of Stronghold, we are open. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, send us an email, contact us on our website, www.strongholdfoodpantry.org. Thank you. And we are happy to facilitate any conversations or assist and have emergency case basis assistance as well. One more tidbit about Monica, you know, on your social media it's like you respond to everybody that posts something on social media, like you personalize it. And that's how passionate and how much you care about what others are saying about you and how you've helped them. So good work. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. And I really appreciate you noticing that because it is very important. That is how, that is how relationships are built. That is how I get to know the stories of our patrons. That is how they get comfortable and how they trust me. And then by in turn, trusting me, the face that they see at every event, they start trusting our organization and they start trusting to tell their neighbors and to tell their friends that we are a safe place for them to come. And that means so much to me. That is what we are here to build and to be able to provide the community. You remember when Monica says she doesn't like talking about this or public speaking, She's no, like, she said she's very good at one on one. I know, but she's like a walking. She's a walking soundbite. That's here. all. Yeah, yes. she. Um, and we're not judging her. Well, I mean, thank I'm, you, Joey. I'm not judging you. Tom's the judge. He's no. just a judger, but we're, he might yeah. be judging both. We're of judgmental. Us. <laughs> anyway, but speaking of social media and commenting, on do we get to do the military minute? We do so. Yes. You're going to have to hang with us. Apologize for a couple more minutes. We we want to play military minute. It is a fun little trivia game that. Oh, sweet Jesus. Tom oh, well. <laughs> this is, so remember, I'm you're not going to put you on the spot. Yeah, you're not on. So stage you can answer for this. the first one because yeah. it's last week because we've already let the cat out yeah, of the bag with the answer. You so answer this one from last week. See if you know week. this one. So last week's military minute was a combination of fitness and dogs. The marathon course of the 1972 Munich Olympics was shaped like the mascot Waldy, which is what kind of dog? A wiener dog? Yes! <laughs> Other, what's the formal name, right? It's easier to say that, but Dachshund? Do- Dachshund. you got to say it with that. Dachshund. It's German, yes, yes, right? Yes, it's German, yeah. apparently. But this week's military minute, so don't this answer. This one you can't this answer. This one don't answer, even if you know, until like later when we're off air. So this week's military minute is a pop culture look, which Tom is super fond of. I love pop culture. I know you do. Which actor was offered the role of Jack Dawson in Titanic, but turned it down? Don't answer. Oh, look at it. She's chomping. Is this one she I should tell it. you that I've never seen Titanic? <gasps> Blasphemy. That's like saying, and I you don't, don't like movies. apple pie like or the baseball. Whole stand on the front of the boat thing and act like you're about to fly. I couldn't. No, I couldn't. So anyway, and, so you know, if you he know could've, the- he could have fit on the ice too. I think she <laughs> she was hogging it. She was an ice hog. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So if you know who was supposed to be on the ice other than Leonardo DiCaprio, 
and turned it down, watch for this podcast to drop and make sure you comment your answer. And if you are selected as the lucky winner, you'll receive $50 for yourself and $50 to a charity of your choice. And our wiener dog doction <laughs> winner will also be duly There's recognized and rewarded. Yes, yeah. I, I like to say it with two H's. But thank you again, Monica, for being here with us today. And I uh, just encourage our, our folks to go to strongholdfoodpantry.org. Check it out. And if you enjoyed today's episode, <laughs> imagine that too. Go out to <laughs> afbank.com and subscribe to the show. Also, make sure to rate us, leave us a comment because of the great things that Monica shared with you today on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. We made it to the big time, by the way. We're in YouTube now. So Ooh. I know <laughs> we, we have we have a dance card. That was Tom's mic drop <laughs> moment. Yeah, I'll do that. Monica. Thank you for tolerating Tom today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you and all that you're doing. Thank you both so much. This was a phenomenal experience. I absolutely (laughs) enjoyed it. Yeah. (laughs) By by the way, it did not record, so we have to do this over again. Just kidding. Oh, my God. Stranger things have happened. I know. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. Monica, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks very much. Thank you. Copyright 2022 Armed Forces Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All non-Armed Forces Bank-owned apps, websites, company names, and product names are trademarks or registered trademarks of their respective owners. Their mention does not imply any affiliation with or endorsement by Armed Forces Bank of them or their products and services. They are merely used as examples of the many available apps, companies, and websites that offer similar services. Before using any app or website, you should carefully review the terms of use, data collection, and privacy policy. Apps may have an initial cost or in-application purchase features. This information is general in nature and is not intended to be legal, tax, or financial advice. Although Armed Forces Bank believes this information to be accurate, it cannot ensure that it could change. Statements or opinions of individuals referenced herein are their own, not Armed Forces Bank. Consult an appropriate professional concerning your specific situation and respective governing bodies for applicable laws, such as IRS.gov for current tax law, Armed Forces Bank, the Armed Forces Bank logo, and the Militarily Speaking logo are registered trademarks of Armed Forces Bank.